This is where Atlanta soul at this particular point in time hip hop rolls meets the Nashville sound. The and hits everywhere in between. Ellen Fitz talking music. L. Talkin. And Fitz. We are back with the most creatively named podcast in all of the land. L. And Fitz talking music. It's Ellen Fitz talking music. Uh, sort of. Yeah, well, we're talking music, but Elle, as you well know if you listen to the show, Elle is out. She is on maternity leave. She is about to be a first-time mom. I have to say, uh, Elle and her husband are two of the kindest, uh, most amazing people I've had the opportunity to interact with in my life. I will tell you they are going to be incredible parents, and we will miss uh, Elle's presence on this podcast. But the podcast is going to keep chugging along. Mike Golick Jr., uh, who you know all over ESPN, is going to be sitting in some, helping us get through uh, the time as we wait for for L to make her triumphant return, but we want to keep bringing you great stuff. So uh, even though uh, even though L's not there, I'm going to be holding down the fort. Kyrie's going to be holding down the fort. Between the two of us, we will do our best to make up for L's absence. Really cool episode coming today, uh, and obviously uh, we've got some great interviews we want to get to, but I, I want to start with award shows, and it may seem a little strange because we're sitting in the middle of July, but the ESPYs just happened, and if you watch any ESPN, you saw the experiences, and the SB Award Show happened, and I saw a band sitting on the side of the stage, and it really made me think about some of the coolest moments, you know, frankly, that I've had in my life, and it really made me think about the impact. O- award shows are, are huge, and people make fun of country all the time because there's like 3,000 award shows, and why, why are there 27 award shows for country music? Well, because people watch them all, and because the numbers show that the ratings for the country music awards most years outperform the Grammys. So think about that. More people are watching the CMAs or ACMs than watching the Grammys. Okay, so that's why there's so many country music award shows, and that's why so many acts flock to be on them. When you see these pop acts going on the country award shows, people think that's country being thirsty. It is not. All right, let's make that clear. It's pop being thirsty. Pop wants that audience. They want that chance to be in front of as many people as possible. In fact, you could make the argument that the Backstreet Boys sitting on a, a, a new single that went to number one on streams and downloads form, that part of that resurgence, a huge part of that resurgence for them was being on the Country Music Awards and being with the uh, Florida Georgia Line. So I wasn't surprised to see them playing their new single on the CMT Awards. So I'm looking at the ESPYs and I'm thinking about impact. Like for us, we did one song with the band Perry, and for anyone new just tuning in, never uh, doesn't know my background. I was a fiddle player and band leader for the band Perry uh, for six years, and uh, we did uh, all the award shows you could ever imagine. But there are two specific performances that really will always stand out in my head in my career overall. One, it's ACM Awards out in Vegas, and we were playing a song called Done, and you can look it up. It's out on YouTube. There's footage of it. Um, I had to go out. We, we, in the most intense portion of the song, we all went out in the line and we just started jumping up and down. And so I had to play the most difficult fiddle solo I've ever played live in my life in front of 14 million people with a camera in my face jumping up and down. And at the time, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. I got to be honest. At the time, I was like, this is, I look like a fool. I went back and I watched it later and I was actually really proud of uh, the accuracy and the performance, but mostly, What became amazing is from that point on, every single time we ever played that song, we all went into a line and we jumped up and down. And I'll never forget the first show we did after the ACM Awards. We did that same song, done. We went into that section and we all went into a a line. And the crowd looking at us knew what was coming. And it's one of those moments where you're looking at the crowd, the crowd's looking at you, they know what's coming, you know what's coming. When we started to jump, all whatever, 12,000 people that were in front of us started to jump in unison. And you had this moment where you thought, oh, my God, that's the impact of an award show. 
That's the sort of thing that that I never forget. And Kyrie, like, I, I'm curious for you, like, are there award show performances like you remember and you think, man, that is the moment for me? Yeah, and I mean, before I even answer, I have to say, Fitz, I watched on YouTube that performance that you're referencing. Oh, that's cool. When you, yeah, dude, like, I saw Buster Rhymes over the weekend perform with Lauren Hill down in Philadelphia. Mm. And uh, one thing that I can compare that performance that you did in Buster Rhymes is energy. And I don't care if you don't like the genre, the music, the song, whatever it is. When somebody's giving you energy like you gave uh, during that one particular performance and then subsequently, it's it's going to be infectious. And that's why 12,000 people are jumping along with you because they want to feel that. So I got to say, to me, even though I might not know every performance that you've done, I know that one is one. Well, and, and you mentioned Busta. I, I saw him a couple of years ago. And talk about a guy that was just like appreciative. You know what I mean? Like mm. a guy that got up there and like gave, like you're saying, all that energy and all that impact. But also like you could tell the moment where he said, and he, he mentioned it a couple of times where he's like, man, I'm still doing this. <laughs> and it's funny. We look at that like this level of swag that we almost want to like, we almost want to fault artists for having. And it's not there. The, the hip hop generation that has graduated to sort of legacy state they're genuinely appreciative. Yeah. They're still doing it. Like that's that's special to see. Yeah, and in a young man's sport or genre, if you Heck will, yeah. which is hip hop, it's you got to be appreciative because they get you out of here quick. Um, but as far as award shows, there's so many award shows that I grew up watching from you know the Grammys to right on down to the Source Awards, which was very infamous <laughs> for different reasons to performances, mm-hmm. but. One thing that always stuck with me for for whatever reason, because it's not because I love the performance, but Bone Thugs and Harmony did Crossroads at the VMAs. I think it was 96 or 97. And I guess maybe because I was an 11 year old kid or, or I don't know what it was exactly, but that performance has always stuck with me. Just seeing the the choir and what they were talking about was so morbid and I don't know, a bunch of different reasons maybe, you know, in hindsight to justify, but that performance always stuck with me, for better or worse. Well, yeah, because it had the, the choir in it. I mean, I think that that's such a powerful moment. I'll go back to the other um, the other award show sort of performance that I'll never forget. Also, the ACMs, the first award show I ever played, and this was long before I was with the band, and I was playing with Tim McGraw, and um, it was... Tim McGraw and two acoustic guitar players and a string quartet. And I was the first violinist in the string quartet. The song was called If You're Reading This, and it uh, went on. They actually took the live performance of the ACMs of If You're Reading This, and uh, they released it to radio the next day because it had gone so well in the wow. live performance. And it went, to, it went to number one. But what made it cool, the whole premise of the song, and it was really one of those heart-wrenching you know, tearjerkers, but the whole premise of the song was, if you're reading this, I'm already home. And it was, you know, one of those country songs where it, it was written from the eyes of a soldier saying, hey, if you got this letter, it means I'm no longer here. Wow. And it was so powerful. But it was powerful because at the very end, there was this like the uh, screen that, that came up behind us. We didn't know that he was going to do this. McGraw hadn't told any of us. And there were all these families of lost soldiers that were behind us. And those little visual moments are the power. That's the power that comes with the performance, right? Like yeah. when you talk about that Bone Thugs and Harmony performance you talk i remember that performance because the choir and you know what that means and and sort of like it it just resonates more when you see it and i I think that's why like i had that on the brain with the sbs because even in the sbs when you saw the power of the women's gymnastics team accepting the arthur ash courage award you're looking at it saying man you look at the mass number of people up here that are all having an emotional moment you have to connect with it right yeah 
I mean, that, that's the, the coolest part of it. And, and I'm really genuinely uh, curious from you guys on some of your performance, uh, your favorite performances that you've ever seen on any award show. It doesn't matter what genre it is. Uh, I remember seeing Prince uh, do Purple Rain when I was a little kid on the American. Uh, that was the American Music Awards. And in fact, uh, on my tattoo, uh, the people talk about on my right arm, it's all the things I'm uh, proud of that I did, did in my life and everywhere I lived. And the American Music Awards are on that that uh, just because of that. I grew up a kid saying, I want to do that, you know, wow. so um, in, in light of the SBs, hit us up and let us know uh, and, and hit L up because she's going to listen to this. So she'll know too. at L Duncan ESPN at Jason Fitz. I want to know what performances really stand out to you guys and why, you know, we, we talk so much about the especially in the last few years when you had the, the strange Miley performances. And it's so easy to talk about things like uh, the Christina Aguilar, Britney Spears, Madonna, the kiss, you know, but those are all epic performance moments like we talk we talk about blurred lines and Miley coming out and and being all weird with 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 Robin Thicke but we remember those those moments it makes performances special and you know I think in light of of everything uh, we saw this week with the SBs and realizing how special a performance could be I want to know what your favorites are and let's not forget even though this wasn't an award show performance what Fergie did with the national anthem at the oh. NBA. <laughs> I'm always going to remember that. Man, that's risk. <laughs> that's the risk you take on TV performances because, man, they can propel you or they can kill you. And yeah. there is so little in between. Like, people are never like, oh, you know, that was okay. If you, I, like, nobody ever watches the performance on an award show and says, ah, that was, yeah, I liked it. It's always, that was the worst thing ever and I'm never going to give them my money again. Or, oh my God, that's my new favorite band, right. you know, and that, that's uh, the interesting piece. Piece, uh, of all of it. No plan of fence, no in between with that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to get to before L left, you know, because we, we can't have an episode and not have any L. Uh, L had the chance to do a really, really cool interview. And, you know, we like to find uh, different artists that are, are at different levels all over the place. And this one, uh, she's doing something really, really cool. She's on the Deadpool 2, Deadpool 2 soundtrack. That was never going to be easy for me to say. Try this Deadpool 2 soundtrack with Diplo. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Javiah and uh, L. Duncan had the chance to talk to her. I want you to check it out. Really cool interview. This is how it went. Hey, this is Rascal Flats. Hey, this is Gary. This is Joe Don. And I'm Jay. And, and we're, we're Rascal, Rascal Flats. Flats. Not the band Perry. She is being dubbed the next big thing. I love that. Uh, she, a fan favorite on the four and the newest member of Columbia Records. And oh my God. She's only freaking 17 years old. Javaya is on the line with us right now. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you. Okay, so walk me through the process of, listen, for a long time we've seen singing competitions. There's a million different kinds of singing competitions. Um, they've been going on since I was 19 years old. I'm now 35 years old. <laughs> so growing up, <laughs> did you always kind of imagine that this is where you would get your break? Um, Actually, yeah. Um. Growing up, I watched a lot of singing competitions, and, you know, I would follow up with the singers and artists on there, but um, I always wanted to go on one, and by the time I was maybe about 16, um, my manager, uh, we started working together, and I decided that year, I was like, you know what, maybe I don't need to go on a show because I was working on an EP, but one day I went to the studio to record a demo, and they were having auditions there. And my manager told me, he was like, 
you should just go in there and meet the producers of the show. And, you know, you don't have to go on, but just meet them at least. And I sang for them, and they really wanted me to go on. And uh, I said no, like, six times. But um, eventually I decided to go on because I realized that this show was a little different. And um, an actual record label was involved. And also the um, panel was very urban. And that was something that I wanted to be a part of. When you say that initially you said no, uh, why the hesitation? What was your kind of conce- like your your preconceived notion about um, reality singing shows? Well, I was already working on an EP, so I was like, I'm just gonna you know um, keep writing music and then release it. And if you know if you go on a show, you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. You can't release music because you know. Um, you're part of the show. <laughs> but um, because it was, like, because it was more urban and more, like, up-to-date, I feel like the other um, singing shows were kind of, like, they've been around for a while, so it wasn't something new. You know what I mean? And you also, let's be really honest, Javaya, you've seen these reality competition shows for a long time, and while they're very popular um, at the moment that they're on, a lot of these artists that win or, you know, uh, at least become kind of um, synonymous with these shows, they don't do much afterwards. Was that a concern for you that even though you were a fan favorite, you didn't win the show, you weren't even a runner up and you're still seeing a level of success that there are people that win these competitions don't see. Was that a, was that kind of a calculated move on your part that right away you would work on, on being known as more than just a person that participated in the four? Yeah, definitely. Um, right after I got off the show, I started writing like immediately. I got in the studio so I could release music to people because I feel like the biggest thing with these shows is that, you know, the artists go on there and they get a lot of fans, but then after they don't release music, their own music, at least original music. What kind of music is your, uh, like, who's your, your biggest influence in terms of how you write and the kind of music that you hope that you'll soon become synonymous for? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I would say a lot of just um, hip hop and R and B music, a lot of urban music. Um, not really anybody specifically. I do listen to like Post Malone and Jesse J a lot, but um, I guess you can say like melodic rap because that's what I do in my music. And listen, you can hear it. It's kind of indelible with what not only you did on the show, singing other people's music, but even with your new song that you have with French Montana. It's on the Deadpool uh, soundtrack and, mm-hmm. and, you know, heard it in the show, too. It goes pretty hard. Love that song with Diplo. It's a very Diplo song. Thank you. you will. <laughs> what, what was the uh, what was your initial reaction when you saw yourself on TV for the first time? Um, it was pretty insane. <laughs> I mean, it's not something that, like, I would expect at this age. So for me to, like, accomplish that, like, so soon was, like, I mean, I mean, like, I made myself really proud. And, you know, that's something that I want to keep on doing. What kind of reaction, Javaya, have you gotten from people that know you, uh, from former people that you've worked with? Because the very petty part of me, there's always these moments whenever you want to do something in the public eye, right? Like, for me, it was I always wanted to do television and sports television specifically. And you always have doubters along the way and people that kind of try to deter you from doing something and then take all the credit for it once they see that you've kind of landed where you always hoped. Have you been getting any of those, like, have you been getting any, like, petty little moments fulfilled by hearing from people who maybe doubted you along the way? Yeah, um, I actually have a song about that. 
<laughs> which you'll be hearing pretty soon. But, What's it called? Um, yeah, um, it's called Winning. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, you're always going to get those kind of people in your life and you just kind of have to like learn to not like respond to them or give them attention. Um, because you know, then their wishes are fulfilled, but, um, you just kind of have to keep ignoring them and do your own thing and keep winning. (laughs) Preach girl, preach. And for you to already know that at 17 years old, uh, we've got Javai here on the uh, podcast with us, who was a fan favorite on the hit TV show, the four. Um, and it, when you think about like where you're at right now in respect to your age and what is there kind of a because I think even though music in particularly it, and it really always has been is kind of a young person's game. There's always people who kind of would look at someone that's 17 and go, you can't know real life things like what are you so you know, what are you singing about? What is your motivation behind these songs? What are you where do you come from when you are writing this music? Like what does it come from a place of? When I write music, it comes from a place of my heart and, you know, everything that I've been through. And even though I am a very young person, I feel like I have such an old soul because I've experienced so much, you know, throughout my short life. (laughs) But um, I feel like it's just being like authentic to yourself. And if you're authentic and you're just being honest, then people will see that and they won't question you if you, you know, experience those things or, you know, just you as a person. What experiences impacted you the most in your life? Um, I, there's a, there's a lot, (laughs) but, um, I think like the thing that impacted me the most was just like the struggle of not having money. And it's, you know, it's something that's so simple, but so hard at the same time. And I feel like it affects a lot of people throughout their life. You're absolutely right. And in fact, you endeared yourself to a lot of people on the show because, you know, you very vocally talked about how you wanted to do this for your mom and you wanted to buy her her house. I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you been able to buy mom's that house since you got that new contract? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't bought her house yet, but we have a really nice place that we're staying at right now. Perfect. on that. I was going to say, I, I imagine that mom would encourage you to like stack that, stack those checks first and uh, she'll be fine yeah. and make sure that you're doing well at first. And and I do want to shout yeah. out the song again. Welcome to the Party is with French Montana and Lil Pump. It's on the Deadpool Tool soundtrack and I, I saw the movie. So if you see the movie, you'll hear the song as well. What was that like? I mean, right out of the gate, a lot of times, like you said, um, people on these reality shows try to release new music and sometimes it takes a couple of hits before people who are already established will work with you. I mean, you right away out the gate started working with French Montana, um, who's about as big as it gets in the hip hop world. What was that like when you found out you were going to get a chance to wear him? That was pretty awesome because um, I don't know if you remember, but on the first episode of the four, I sang um, Unforgettable. I do. Which is his <laughs> song and Swaley. Yes. And, uh, you know, from going to like singing his song to singing a song with him <laughs> was pretty awesome. Well, listen, Javai, it only gets better from here. Thank you for joining us. Good luck with everything. And, and I'll ask you this as as we say goodbye to you. What has been the most surprising part of your newfound fame? Hmm, the most surprising part? Hmm. Just probably, like, the amount of support and love that I've received from anybody. You know, I expected all the hard work. I expected, you know, not getting a lot of sleep, but... 
you know, the amount of support and love that people have showed me from the beginning to, you know, right now has been insane. And I appreciate it like so much. Listen, you mentioned it. Authenticity is so real and people can sniff it out. And when they they recognize it and when you resonate with people, they will show you all of that love, which is really nice to hear in a world, as you know, filled with mean social media trolls. So keep doing your thing. Um, <laughs> you know, you. really happy for you and, and happy that at 17 years old, you're able to start realizing your dream. It's it's only going to get better from here. And we wish you the best of luck. So you're going to have to come back and join us when you release the full album. And uh, we'd love to have you anytime. We hope to have a regular. Yes, of course. Thank Thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much, Javaya. It's Ellen Fitz talking music. That was L. Duncan hanging out with Javaya. Go check the track out. Check some of her stuff out. Uh, really cool. And, you know, Diplo is somebody I've had the opportunity to work with a little bit uh, in my career. Really super talented guy. So uh, go check it out. Uh, he He's not flippant in who he works with. Uh, so when he picks an artist like that uh, to do a project with, especially Deadpool 2, uh, Deadpool 2, one of these days on the podcast, I'm going to learn how to say it, uh, especially on Deadpool. Uh, it, it really uh, it, it's worth checking out. So keep an eye on her. And uh, also great to hear L. Duncan's voice as you were listening to Ellen Fitz talking music uh, again, L out on maternity leave. So uh, glad we were able to get a little bit more L. Duncan in our lives. But in the meantime, Kyrie and I are holding down the fort. I was talking earlier about award show performances. Do you want to give the VMAs a little bit of love? I'm not sure. You know, you tell you're a young whippersnapper, Kyrie. <laughs> I'm not sure where the VMAs are anymore in the sense that videos like I don't know why a lot of artists do them at this point, you know, because I don't yeah. see videos dry. You either have to be Childish Gambino and you have to create a piece of art or just stay out of the game. So I'm right. not sure I, I necessarily I don't know the draw to the VMAs. Does it sort of attract you the same way? I think the the antics that come with the VMAs has always been something that people watched for right. but i think now they're going to up the ante because you're absolutely right like who watches videos anymore no tv you know station plays videos anymore not a mainstream one anyway but like you said with the uh, childish gambino if you are creating something that's going to be noteworthy that people are going to talk about that goes beyond just the music then yeah it's worth doing other than that it's like you know whatever well, out of the VMA Award nominees, a couple things stood out. Drake is there, and, you know, I mean, that shouldn't surprise anybody at this point. What Drake is doing right now in his downloads, and you all know if you've listened to this show uh, or, or listened to me anywhere with any consistency, I'm not a huge Drake fan. I'm, I'm not a guy. I don't think that Drake really pushes himself to, to, to vary what he does. I think Drake just sort of, he's a, a one-trick pony to me. I'm going to be willing to say that. Drake is not my thing, Kyrie, but... I'm not surprised he's up for Artist of the Year because at some point you cannot deny the impact he has. I'll say the same thing about Cardi B. Like, Cardi B's okay. I mean, I, I, I just don't I don't know this massive sort of sw- groundswell that there's been for Cardi B. Where are you on them? Well, I'll start with Drake. Um, I understand why his video is here for Artist of the Year because, I mean, you give out a million dollars in a music video yeah. all around the city of Miami, you yeah. know. That that's gonna that's gonna go noticed. Um, I do like Drake as as an artist, but I also can understand where you're coming from as far as you know. There's another level that I think he can go to, and I don't know if it's because the hip hop uh, purists are keep they keep pulling him to stay in that one mold, and he you know wants to explore that artistry. I'm not really sure, but uh, as far as the Cardi B, I love Cardi B, and I'll tell you what, the reasons I love Cardi B has nothing to do with music. Entrepreneurial spirit? Yeah, because here, here's the thing. And, and you know, a classic Jersey guy. I'm from Jersey. You know, we say it every five minutes. But um, 
Cardi's from the Bronx, right around, right across the river. And I watched her from, you know, when she transitioned from that, uh, you know, exotic dancer stripper mode to hosting parties. And I would see her at different events and different parties. And I just watched her go to television and into music. And every stage of the way, you heard the cackles, the doubters, the people saying, oh man, she's just a stripper. Oh man, she's just a party promoter. Oh man, she's just a reality TV star. Oh, she'll never make it in music. She's just, you know, she can't even rap. And now to see where she is now, I can appreciate the hustle and the, and, and the tenacity, man, because it, I tell you, I'm here to say it was not easy for her coming up to where she's come to. You make a really good point there. And I will say this. There are certain artists I love when they appear on tracks. Like, I love when Cardi B appears on a track. Mm-hmm. I love it when, like, and, and this is hard for me to say because you, you know I love the Bruno Mars record. Yeah. But, like, she made Finesse better. And Finesse, like, if you're my age, if you're, like, because I'm 41, that entire record for Bruno, but especially Finesse, like, Finesse is a bunch of 90s hip-hop samples thrown together. So, like, it takes me back to when I was a kid. Like, I love a lot of that record because of it. So it's hard for me to say something went in and just improved it. And Cardi B flat out did. Like, I love it when she can come in and be like the alternative spice on something. Right. I don't necessarily sit there and say, man, what I really want right now is Cardi B morning, noon, and night. <laughs> yeah, what no, I want no. is just a I little. I don't think any of us do. Yeah. To be no. honest. <laughs> she's like, she's like Rocky Road ice cream. Like when you're in the mood for Rocky Road ice cream, you want Rocky Road ice cream. That's not very often for me, but when it happens, I want it. You know, that, that's, uh, that's sort of where I am. I, and speaking of Bruno, he's also up for artist of the year. Yeah. I, I that video was incredible. It, it, it was, but do you feel like there's such a blowback now? Like there's been ever since the Grammys, I feel like there's been such an anti-Bruno. Yeah, like we're giving him too love and too much love. He's overhyped. I feel like there's this this blowback on him. I feel I think people feel the same way about LeBron. They feel the same way about Jordan. People Brady. People hate greatness. That's and I true. mean, you know, I'm here to say, in my humble opinion, if that matters to anyone listening, Bruno Mars is great. He's great at what he does. He's a great performer. He has great music. I think you know his overall career from from when it started to now, has been pleasing to watch. So the blowback, I mean, of course, people wanted Kendrick or Jay-Z or whoever that was up for album of the year during the Grammys to win, but, you know, get over it. If I, right now, had to put all of my my coins in one treasure box for one artist that I think in this generation is is the best I would go with Bruno Mars. Mm. And I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but go back and listen to all of the records. What you hear is the exact opposite of what I talked about with Drake. You hear, you know, some Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder influence on something. And then you hear, like, uh, again, the 90s influence on something. Mm-hmm. You hear some 80s influence on something. He's got a little bit of a foreigner twinge to some of the rock edge on some of his vocals while he's turned around giving these sweet vocals that are very Michael Jackson-y. So right. I think his vocal range, his dance ability, his ability to perform, his ability to vary himself, I think that he is the most talented artist of this generation. So all of that being said, I still think people are sort of tired of him. Like, I, I, you know, (laughs) I I think that everybody's just a little over it at this point. So and that's part of what happens when you have an album full of monster hits. Like we've been hearing the same stuff for Bruno for so long at this point, you know, but but I'm here for it because if that's what it takes to get him to the VMAs, I'm going to watch just to see what his performance is like. I mean, if he and Cardi B are going to perform at the VMAs. We're all going to want to watch that, right? Of course, especially especially now because everybody's so enamored with Cardi B. And let's be honest, you can't go wrong as far as a video when you're replicating 
Keenan Ivory Wayne's classic oh. in living color. I mean, man. but but again, that's such a perfect placement because you got samples in that that uh, you know are are coming out of different like boys to men sort of stuff in that era. You got those samples coming into the songs, and then you're you're doing an in living color uh, uh, homage in the video. Like that is, I mean, it's just well thought out. I mean, yeah. that's artistry that is well thought out from somebody that at this point has taken the management of his own career in his own hands. Like I look at all this and think the business mind, the creative mind, the the talent to entertain, the talent to move and the talent to sing. I mean, <laughs> he's just better than everybody at everything. So, yeah. uh, and, and he's doing it in such a commercialized way. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all over it. So, uh, and, and by the way, I, I will also say that I, I'm I'm all in on Post Malone at this point. Like I've been sort of back and forth on Post Malone. I'm all in on Post Malone. I just, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. So also up for Artist of the Year. So it'll be interesting to to see. Again, I want to know what your favorite video music award any 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 award show any award show your favorite performances hit us and let them let us know what they are. Now we have a Gmail. We do. And we're sorting through it. Uh, Ellen Fitz talking music. No G. Ellen Fitz talking music at gmail.com. You guys have been hitting, uh, with, with a bunch of stuff. I will admit some of you guys have also tweeted me some links. I put it in the, the spreadsheet. We're, we're getting through everything. A lot of submissions, which is an incredible honor and we're incredibly pleased by that. We're getting through all of them. Uh, and we want to help you find great stuff. But that being said, Kyrie, uh, this episode, you actually did get the chance to sit down with somebody that you found some greatness from. I did, yeah. And again, I just have to reiterate, there's some great submissions in that Gmail. People have been sending some great music, some great videos. There's a uh, shout out to to a gentleman, uh, G Nice from right here in Connecticut, actually, who has been very, very uh, vigilant, uh, for lack of a better term, and very uh, uh, persistent. Um, so I love that. Yeah, I love that. But, is it, is it, hit us up. You playing somewhere? I want to. I want to check it out. Like, if you're going to be persistent, man, get out there. I want to see it. Like, Kyrie and I are just going to start bombing shows on the weekends. Yo, man, don't, they're going to be expecting it. But yeah, let's let's do it. Ye- Jaeger <laughs> bombs on the weekend, but it's for work, so that's fair, right? Ye- Jaeger, yeah. by the way, if you, Jaeger or Red Bull, if you'd like to sponsor Ellen Fitzstock and Music, Jaeger bombs on the weekend sound good to me. Just go ahead. So go ahead, Kyrie. So there's a a rapper, uh, and 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 let me let me start with this because I know we had a, a rapper last week. I am not only promoting rappers on Ellen. This is for all music. There are some great, great, great uh, artists that are in the inbox. Let me preface it with that. This is not a rap show. But uh, Axel Leone, who is a uh, rapper from the Bronx, who is actually uh, teamed up with Steve Rifkin, who is the, you know, world famous loud records. I mean, you're talking Wu-Tang. You talk anything, anybody that you love in hip hop, Steve Rifkin, probably had something to do with it but Axel Leon was in Hartford for a actually for a barber expo and I got a chance to sit down and speak with him about his artistry his music his love for the Bronx and his love for Puerto Rico man because unless you've been living under a rock you know that Puerto Rico's had a very very tough time in the past couple of months ever since the uh, hurricane Hurricane Maria and you know just talking about the resilience of his people and how much he loved the fact that people like Francisco Lindor from the Indians you know were, were giving it up so much so I encourage everybody you know listen check out his music he's on Spotify he's on you know iTunes everywhere and he's also uh, coming out and having a lot to say for the Bronx alright well let's check this interview out you're gonna love it Kyrie Williams here with uh, BX up and coming rapper, sensational rapper Axel Leon. 
representing Puerto Rico. What's going on, my brother? Juice Man, you already know, man. Axel Leon, a.k.a. Young Hugo. I'm out here, daddy-o. And we out here in Hartford, Connecticut for the Barber's Expo. Just doing a little Q&A real quick. And uh, first of all, I got to ask you, man. Do you feel great pressure being that you're a Puerto Rican MC? Representing the Bronx with Big Pun being one of the biggest Puerto Rican MCs, if not just one of the biggest MCs of all time. Do you feel that pressure? Um, I used to feel that pressure, but I don't. I don't like. Uh, I try not to base my career on what he did because he did so much. And like I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to shorten myself, but like sometimes that disappears on my head because if it stays there, and then you know, like. I, the goal will be the goal will be so overwhelming that I'll probably be like you know like stagnant to complete. I'll reread a line over. It'll just f- my mind up. So anyway, when I blank it out and I just you know like just just like don't imagine that. That's that's how I can balance it. If, if that makes any sense. Perfect sense. No, I understand, man, and it's important. I gotta ask you about your Funk Flex freestyle, man, because you went off, and one of the things that I noticed was the reference to Sonny from Bronx Tale in one of the first couple lines. How important is it to you to represent the Bronx every time you do a song or freestyle, or even just when you out and about? Um, it's very important. It's, it's my roots. It's where I came from, and it just happened to be where hip-hop was born, and I happen to actually know how to rap in, in, a, in a day and era where it's f***ed up. And, you know what I mean? I got a chance and an opportunity, so it means a lot to me to be able to represent it right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One, one more question for you, man. PR, Puerto Rico was going through, you know, such a hard time right now with Hurricane Maria and, you know, the recent power outage. How does it make you feel seeing artists like Fat Joe and, and J-Lo and even the baseball player Francisco Lindor from the Indians? How does it make you feel to see them out there representing so hard for your country? It feels good. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy and I feel very fortunate that we even have anybody. You know, my grandma lost her whole house. You know what I mean? Over there, due to that, my whole family stays with power outages. But, you know, we're proud people. They, they don't even want to come over here, even if we got a good. They're like, now we stick it out. We stick, we stay over there. So it feels good. It feels good to, you know what I mean, to, to have people in position of the same ethnicity. You're right to be able to help out. So, Absolutely, man. And you said it all, man. That was Kyrie hanging out with Axel Leon. You can check it out. Uh, on Twitter, at I'm Axel Leon. That's really easy to get to. And again, he said it. I'm going to reiterate it. Look, it, it, y'all country musicians, you want to get out there? You want to get us some stuff? We're getting through all of it, and we will get through all of it. We're only going to get bigger and better. We're going to listen to these submissions, and uh, I, I can promise you this. We're getting through all of them. We're going to give you feedback when we can. We're going to give you any sort of information we can. And uh, if we find that diamond in the rough, we are more than happy to use whatever leverage we have to try and help you get to the next level, because that's part of what this is about, discovery. Covering great music, finding great stuff for you and for us. That's it for Ellen Fitz talking music. Mike Golick Jr. going to join me on the next episode. We're going to hang out with him, get his thoughts. He he recently said some stuff about I don't know rap versus uh, country, and we're going to get uh, can't wait for that. Oh, yeah, we're we're going to get heated. They might have to put some plexiglass between us. It's going to get uh, it's going to get beefy, and he's a lot bigger than I am, so I might need your help, Kyrie. But thanks uh, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. As always, subscribe, tell your friends about it, make sure you're pumping the episode to everybody. Let's keep this community rolling. Thanks for listening to the show.